Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. This is the postgame podcast from another Timberwolves win as the Wolves beat the LeBronless Lakers on Thursday. Uh, we'll break down the whole thing. Carl Anthony Towns injury, the latest on that. Uh, we'll talk about some interesting lineup combinations from Chris Finch and also an incredible close to the game, especially from Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, and once again, a cast of important role players to this team. We'll break the whole thing down on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. Uh, happy holiday weekend here with uh, Christmas Eve Sunday, Christmas on Monday. Um, and the Wolves only have one game here in the next few days. They play Saturday. They don't play again until Tuesday. So uh, today, though, post-game podcast, we're talking all things Wolves-Lakers from the Timberwolves win on Thursday night as the Wolves match the Celtics and now once again are tied for the league's best record and still the best record in the West by a couple of games. Uh, we'll break down the whole thing here today. Lots of stuff happened in this game. It was um, it was the kind of game that, like, in short, it's it's the kind of game that it happens a lot when you're following a really good team. And, and I'll explain what I mean by that here in a moment. Uh, first, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find this show. If you want to watch it, in addition to YouTube, you can also download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app if you have a Roku or an Amazon Fire TV. Uh, on that app, you could get this show. You could get all the other Locked On Minnesota shows. Of course, the stretch run of the regular season for the Vikings. Uh, the Wild playing much better since making a coaching change. The Golden Gophers, the basketball team, is actually playing pretty well here recently. Uh, we'll see once they get into like actual Big Ten play. Um, you know, lots of stuff over there at Locked On Sports Minnesota. You could also follow this show on X at Locked On T Wolves and also at B Beacon, and that's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. So what I alluded to here. Um, this was a, what I'll call a non-urgent or I don't know, lackadaisical feels too strong. A not, there was very little urgency in this game for the Wolves and second night of a back-to-back -back, traveled in from Philly, you know, after a tough loss on Wednesday, um, you know, Lakers also traveling in on a back-to-back -back from Chicago. Anthony Davis was legitimately questionable, got hurt in that Bulls game and, and, you know, didn't know if he'd play until right beforehand. LeBron sat out on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. So just kind of a weird, like, random back-to-back midseason game where neither team had a ton of urgency. And early, instead of it just being really, really sloppy, um, it just meant there was a lot of scoring. Like, the defenses weren't really all that locked in. And the Wolves never, like, they played well in the first couple of quarters of this game, first two and a half quarters or so. But it was really not until the middle of the third quarter when the Wolves started to build some separation, the lead got up to, I think it was eight or nine at that point. And it felt like they were finally like ready to go. And then the Lakers have a strong push towards the end of the third. And the Wolves were only up four points going to the fourth quarter. Like this was a close game until the final couple of minutes. Um, and it really should have been like a LeBronless Lakers team is, is, you know, if LeBron didn't play at all this season, that team is a borderline playing team. Right. I mean, their best player obviously would be Anthony Davis. You wouldn't really have anything else to write home about besides Austin Reeves, who, by the way, kind of hilariously after the game 
Darvin Ham mentioned that Austin Reeves, he likes to keep his minutes. I think he said between 26 and 28. Sure enough, he played 27 in this game to keep him fresh. Like, I get it. That's a weird thing to say about somebody who's pretty clearly is your second best player when there's no LeBron and he's your third best player with LeBron. So um, anyway, I get why they bring him off the bench. But uh, well, that's a, that's a different topic. This isn't a Lakers podcast. Um, but Darvin Ham uh, has some, you know, he has some quotes. We'll say that. Um, all that to say, like the Wolves should have put this game away earlier, but Wolves fit like, I, you know, I don't want to like, sound like I'm lecturing here, but it's not okay. Chris Finch was upset after the game. Uh, it's not okay that this game was kind of ho-hum for a long time, but you're going to get a couple dozen of these. If this team is legitimately going to be a 55-60 win team, which is certainly on the table, if they keep playing at this pace, it'd be well over 60 wins. I think they're probably somewhere in the 55-60 to 60 when it's all said and done. If that's what this is, and it's a one or two seed in the West, you're going to get a couple dozen games like this. You just are, where... It's especially on a back-to-back, you know, things are a little disjointed at times, but never really concerning. Like, the Wolves never fell behind by more than a bucket in this game. I'm pretty confident. Let me see. Uh, actually, the Lakers did lead by as many as seven, but th- I think that was very early. Um, it never really felt like the game was in doubt, but the Wolves never, absolutely never put the Lakers away. They did lead by 13 at one point very late in the game, but um, that was right before the Lakers made a final push to to get things back to single digits. This was... It was just kind of like there, and it was like, ah, at some point, they'll turn it on and they'll win, right? It's a very bad habit to get into, and and it's a little different than more recently when the Wolves have fallen behind against good teams and then come all the way back. This was a team that they should be beating that's shorthanded, and the Wolves kind of let them hang around and then finally say, all right, I guess we should win now. It's okay to do that every now and again. It's going to happen over the course of an 82-game season, especially on a back-to-back, uh, especially after, you know, like just, it, it's going to happen. The scary thing is if it happens more frequently. Um, and right now, it's not that big of a deal, but it, it certainly didn't feel like there was a whole lot of urgency from the Timberwolves in this game at any point, even when it was in the third or fourth quarter and they needed to, you know, I don't know, they, they, needed, they needed to do something. Um, the biggest problem for me early, like sloppy turnovers, the Lakers ended up committing more turnovers than the Wolves for the game, but early, uh, and had like three of his five turnovers, I think were all in the first quarter. He had two very quickly in the game. They were just bad passes that went out of bounds. Like, um, it just wasn't on point for Ant early. He ended up having a really good game. We'll talk more about that. To me, the biggest thing, like if if you're just taking the 10,000-foot view here, is the Wolves crushed the Lakers when Anthony Davis wasn't on the floor. Uh, it was the exact opposite of what happened against the Sixers on Wednesday. When Embiid was off the floor, the Wolves lost those minutes, I think, by 10 points, which is unacceptable. You can't do that when the MVP's off the floor. They won the, non-Ant, uh, excuse me, the non-Davis minutes in this game, I believe by, I mean, Davis was a plus three, so I mean, I guess... What does that mean? I guess that means that they won them by four. But like Jackson Hayes was a minus eight in 11 minutes. Christian Wood was a minus 12 in four minutes. And Carlton Towns, for the most part, it was mostly Towns just destroying Jackson Hayes. There's a little bit of Rudy mixed in there. But like this, the big man depth for the Wolves, they they did the absolute right thing. It was kind of like when, um, it, very much like when Rudy leaves the game. I and mean, we saw this with the Sixers and, and the Heat a little bit the other night um, earlier in the week where the opponent's like, oh, Rudy's off the floor. We're going to attack the paint, especially if Rudy and Cat are off the floor because Cat's turned into a solid defender. Um, You know, if it's only Nas on the floor and the Wolves are playing small, like we better get in the paint and score while we can. There's a little bit of that here when Anthony Davis is off the floor for the Wolves. Uh, That's when Towns was playing bully ball. That's when, you know, the the Wolves just felt... and, And when Davis was on the floor, the offense was fine, right? Like Davis didn't have that big of an impact, but 
to win the non-Davis minutes decisively by a couple of possessions at least was very important in this game, especially with no LeBron James. And the Wolves did that, and that was huge. It was it was the exact opposite of what we saw on Wednesday in Philly. Um, in the third quarter, the Wolves could have put this game out of reach. As I mentioned, they missed a ton of open looks from outside the arc. And for the game, Minnesota ended up shooting, you know, 14 to 36, 39%. Like, we'll take the 36 attempts are great because they only shot it, what, 25, 26 times outside the arc against the Sixers on Wednesday. Um, the In terms of volume, it's really good to see them launching it 36 times from deep and making it, you know, 39%. We'll take that. They started really hot from three, which is kind of what kept them in the game when the defense was pretty bad early in the game for the Wolves. Um, and then they hit some threes late to kind of put this thing away. But that stretch in the third, they were getting open looks and just missing them. Like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker missed his first three three-point attempts in this game and made the one when uh, yeah, everybody's seen this clip by now, but Ant throws the, just fires it across from the right side of the floor to the weak side to gnaw in the slot. And as he's loaded it up, Ant turns to signal three to the crowd, doesn't even watch the shot. It goes in. It's like the Steph Curry thing when Steph shoots it and turns around. But this was Ant just trusting that a guy that was 0 for 3 to that point was going to knock it down. And he did. Uh, but Na missed a couple in the corner. Uh, Ant missed an open three. Kyle Anderson missed a couple open threes, which we've seen a lot of. It was just kind of a, a, a poor stretch when the Wolves could have pushed this thing to 15 points. And it instead hovered in the seven to eight point range. Sure enough, by the end of the third, it was a four point game. Um, so, you know, that was a tough stretch because it could have gone the other way and it could have just gotten completely closed out. I want to talk about some interesting lineup stuff. Also, Carl Thitty Towns got banged up in this game. I'll talk about, you know, what, what, I don't know. I don't really probably have much more information than what you have, but what the latest is in terms of what's been posted on X and also, uh, just kind of my take on the situation. We'll also talk about, uh, Nas Reed had, had some rough moments in this game and, uh, we'll close with individual studs. And does. That's what we'll do here. The rest of the show today. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at BetterHelp. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holiday season, you get to define how you give to yourself all year round. And the holidays are a great time to uh, to evaluate that and to ultimately define that. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments in life all year round, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. And I'm really big on, like, hopefully you get to take more than a couple of days uh, around the holidays, but you know, it's there's a lot of hustle and bustle. There's a lot of obligations. There's family, there's friends, there's parties. I, I get it. It's important to do all that stuff. But take a moment, you know, to yourself. Just kind of relax and take stock of things. Uh, and it, really, you owe it to yourself. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, Think about giving BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient. It's designed to be flexible and also suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, make sure to give to yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockdownNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Lockdown NBA. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, uh, let's talk uh, lineup stuff here real quick. The Timberwolves close the third quarter with um, a lineup we haven't seen ever before. We've only seen, so far this season, 
Nas Reed, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert have only shared the floor for coming into this game 14 possessions. And uh, that was over roughly, I think, six or seven minutes over like three games. In this game, we saw a lineup we've never seen before with those three, plus Jane McDaniels, plus Anthony Edwards. So no point guard on the floor, no Mike Conley. Every other time we've seen the three bigs together, Conley's been on the floor. This was the first time we've seen Anthony Edwards at point guard, Jade McDaniels at the two, and then Kat, Nas, and Rudy in the front court. Just an insanely big lineup. It has to be, has to be. And I don't know that there's any way to prove this. It has to be like the biggest lineup the NBA has ever seen at one time. And they played almost two minutes together. Officially only one possession offensively. Um according to cleaning the glass, which sounds weird because it was like a minute and a half. But um, like, I don't know. That's a six, five-ish, six, six-ish point guard, a six, 11-ish or six, 10, whatever you want to call Jane McDaniels, two guard. And then three guys that are all six, 10 or, or taller in Nas, Kat and, uh, and Rudy. Uh, just kind of nuts. It was less than two minutes. They were a plus one in those minutes. Um, Nas had the flagrant foul on the weird, um, you know, where he fouled, uh, uh, Rui Hachimura on the take uh, when Hachimura was trying to dunk. They hit each other in the face. They called a common foul on the floor. I was a little surprised they upgraded it to a flagrant. Shouldn't have been anything on, on Hachimura either. It sh- in my opinion, it's just like, I mean, I don't know. I guess they figured they had to call something because guys got hit in the face, so they stuck with what they called. But I don't know why they had to upgrade it when uh, there was no excessive contact, right? It's incidental if you're going for the ball. Um, it wasn't an elbow. It was, it was uh, the side of Nas's arm to the face of Hachimura. It seemed weird to me. I wasn't quite as up in arms with it as some folks were on X, but um, it was uh, it was what it was. Anyway, that happened while that multiple big lineup was on the floor. And, you know, there was an and one for Anthony Davis. There was a foul for for Hachimura. But other than that, I mean, Nas hit a three and hit a three and hit another bucket like and, and defensively. Other than that initial and one by Davis and then the the dunk that Nas almost stopped. Like, I thought that lineup looked fine together in a short burst. I, I'm so curious to see if the Wolves do a little bit more of it. Um, and this was, of course, with Anthony Davis on the floor for um, for the Lakers. I said that, you know, what was it, the Charlotte game where they played like four minutes together or something like that, the three bigs? Curious to see if Finch starts to play around with that a little bit more against some teams where the Wolves could like really dominate with size and get away with it defensively in terms of guarding on the perimeter. But with Jaden and, and Ant, that's such a long lineup. Um, and I don't know, it can't be sustainable for that long, but if we see just stretches of it here and there more frequently, I think that's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, Carlton Towns appeared to hurt his knee. Um, the Wolves haven't officially announced anything about what it is, but it was either a knee or a thigh. And the way he was not bending his knee as he walked off into the locker room, it certainly appeared to be a knee. Um, it was when he attempted a dunk, got stripped. And if you watch it back, it almost looks like he, like, again, this is just me watching on TV. Like, I'm not not a doctor. I'm saying what I saw. It looked almost looked like a hyperextension, like, um, you know, when the knee kind of bends slightly the wrong direction, slightly backwards when he was going to the basket, he ended up running into the stanchion. And then during the next possession, he was in the corner and got that reverse layup and one. And Towns kind of looked frustrated in the corner in that moment. And I don't think it was because like, it was weird because it was after the end one and it, it didn't, he appeared disgusted with something. And then he immediately walked off the floor and went back to the locker room right away and wasn't bending his knee. So, um, and then after the game, Chris Finch just said that he hopes it wasn't anything too serious. Uh, Jack Borman, our friend from the postcast and also the editor in chief at Canis Hoopis reported that cat was not limping in the locker room for whatever that's worth. You know, other people were saying he was limping in warmups, slipping earlier in the game, and then he's appeared fine. So 
my hunch is, again, my hunch, this isn't an official report of any kind. My hunch is that he has something that was bothering him already and he tweaked it. So whether that's, you know, he twisted his knee in a previous game and he's a bit sore and he did it there. Um, hopefully that's the case, or maybe it's a, a bone bruise on the knee or something like that, that he's been kind of on and off struggling with. Maybe Saturday's a chance to give him a rest, right? Like play Sacramento. That's a tough win anyway. I, like, obviously it's important to try and even the season series against uh, an opponent that's going to be probably near you in the conference standings. So I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay the game, but then you get him four days rest because they don't play again until Tuesday. I guess the counterpoint to that is he plays Saturday and if everything goes okay, he still gets two days off before they play again on Tuesday. So um, we'll see how the Wolves play it. We'll see if once the Wolves have an injury status report on Friday, what that looks like. But as of now, um, you know, it seems like there's a, like equal parts. It could be, you know, he misses a little bit of time and it could be he's fine. Like we really don't know. Um, and it didn't, you know, ultimately late, the Wolves built that lead back up to 13 after Towns got hurt. And then, of course, D'Lo hits a couple of threes. The Lakers get back to within seven, had a chance to pull within four because the Wolves kind of decided to just be sloppy again offensively. But um, anyway, that's how that's how this thing wound down. Hopefully, you know, we'll keep an eye on the cat stuff. And hopefully that's not a um, that's not anything lingering for Towns and the Wolves um, real quick. Before we get to studs and duds, uh, I was impressed with Jaden McDaniel's offense once again, and he's now starting to stack some of these games where he's really playing that like third, fourth scorer role uh, extremely well. And I, I mean, like, let's look at this five out of the last six games, looking at his game log, five out of the last six games, Jaden McDaniels has scored in double figures. He had 14 on eight shots in this game. He had 21 on, on 12 shots against the Sixers. Um, he was a little less efficient against Miami, didn't shoot any threes, had 10 on 10 shots. But that was another game where he was active early when the opponent was trying to force him to be more aggressive. The only game in the last six that he didn't score double figures was that Pacers game when he left at halftime and didn't come back because of the the tailbone contusion. Um, so and the efficiency hasn't been outstanding until these last two. But over the last two, it's been great. Like combined, he scored, what, 35 points on on 20 shots in the last two games. That's not bad. Like we'll take that every night of the week. Um, you know, nitpicking the defense hasn't been quite as good the last couple of games for McDaniels. You know, he struggled with Maxi, but who doesn't uh, in the Sixers game? I think it's certainly possible that the tailbone contusion and whatever else, you know, maybe still the ankle. There's stuff, some injuries starting to stack up a bit for McDaniels. So um, getting him a couple of days here, uh, you know, he played obviously both into the back to back. So he's healthy enough. He played 38 minutes against Philly and 36 against the Lakers. But all that to say. I'm nitpicking, but McDaniels offensively has been really good here lately. Looks so confident, catch and shoot threes, like um, proving, further proving that his 40% from outside the arc last year was not a fluke. He's back up to 40% this year outside the arc, McDaniels is. And that's so big for this team to have a 40% catch and shoot guy, a legitimate, like a three and D guy who can also put the ball on the floor and score now, which is not something I thought he was going to develop as quickly as he has. I know the Wolves have been saying it since he was drafted that He's somebody who could create his own offense. And I've always been like, I don't know that he can. Plus, I don't know that you need him to. Well, for him to be able to attack a closeout when the ball swung to him and so that teams aren't just simply, you know, come, you know, closing out hard and, and he's not able to do anything about it to be able to attack a, a sloppy closeout is so beneficial for this Wolves offense to have somebody that can do that instead of just a catch and shoot guy. Um, and McDaniels continues to improve his offensive game. It's just so impressive to, to see him continue to blossom in that way. All right, let's do individual studs and duds. A few other box score stats here as we close the show out today. 
Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season now almost a third of the way over and football season winding down, just three more regular season weeks, there's still time to pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you could take, uh, say the Lakers are playing the same night as the Chiefs. You could take LeBron and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 point combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. Uh, you know, obviously receptions for Kelsey, three-pointers made for LeBron. You could take more than or less than on that number uh, and watch your winnings roll in. You can also take advantage of the reboot policy at prize picks. So your entries stay in play, even if one of your players get gets injured for football and basketball games. If you have a player who exits in the first half due to injury and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform that has an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA and use the code lockdown NBA for a first deposit matchup to a hundred bucks. Again, prizepicks.com slash NBA code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, uh, let's close this thing out. Let's talk um, Let's talk some of these additional stats here real quick. Um, I'm going to throw up some stats if you're watching on YouTube. The Wolves actually didn't shoot the ball as well as the Lakers did from the floor. The biggest difference was the Wolves made four more three-pointers than L.A. did. Uh, in this game, they also made one more free throw. So there's your differential in points. The Wolves just shot it better from outside the arc. They also shot it better from the paint. The Wolves were plus 10 in terms of paint points in this game, and they were a plus four in terms of three-point shots made, plus 12 in terms of points. So you are you know, you shoot it better from the paint, uh, better in the paint, better from outside the arc, and better from the free throw line. You should win the game, and that's what the Wolves did. They, they led in all three of those categories. Um they also turned it over three last times, Lakers. They were a plus two on the glass. All of those categories, the Wolves came out on top, and that led to a seven-point win, one that should have been a 10- or 12-point win. Um, like For as lackadaisical as the Wolves' effort was for much of the game, they still played well in every facet, and they were in control the whole time, and the, the should have won by double figures because they did win all those categories so easily, and it was, again, just kind of the sloppy close. That uh that made things look a little bit closer than they actually were in terms of individual player studs and duds. Um, Anthony Edwards gets a stud for me. Yeah, he started sloppy passing the ball, but his close to the game was extremely strong. Twenty seven points, nine of nineteen shooting, two of six outside the arc, seven of eight at the line, seven boards, which was nice to see. The rebounding hasn't been there quite as much for him lately, so it was good to see him get seven rebounds, five assists, three steals in this game for Ant plus a block. He had a couple nice pickpockets near midcourt in this game. Um, and I thought was pretty good defensively, which has been a little bit more volatile lately for him. It was, it was a typical high volume scoring game. Um, you know, shooting a hair under 50% for the field and only 33% from three, but, um, getting to the line eight times helps that cause quite a bit. So a strong game from Ant. Um, I'm going to give a stud to, uh, you know, we could go Jaden or we could go Carl Anthony towns. I'm going to go Carl Anthony towns, 21 points, six rebounds, four assists, and looked very, very comfortable once again. Scored in a variety of ways. Um, you know, when Ant was struggling a bit early, Cat kind of tried to take over a little bit. Took a couple of maybe ill-advised shots. But overall, um, also, by the way, saw his his free throw percentage. Went 5 of 6 at the line. He dipped under 90% from the line for the first time this year. So his 50, 40, 90, if we're rounding up, he still got it. But uh, 
he's got to got to make a few free throws in a row here to get that thing back up over 90 percent uh but a strong game from cat the Wolves were a plus 12 when he was on the floor uh rudy had 15 and 13 not necessarily a stud performance he did have three blocks i thought it was a little uneven still for rudy um some weird like a that weird you know he got the steal and tried to take it himself and just clanged a I guess a floater off the backboard and a couple of other weird offensive possessions for Rudy. I thought he was fine. Um, my third stud is actually going to be Mike Conley and Conley was fantastic. 16 and eight for Conley, six of nine shooting four of six outside the arc. When the Lakers had briefly taken a lead in, I think it was late third quarter. Conley actually took it on himself, got the ball in the paint, hit a nice floater, hit a layup at another point. Like there were both of his two point buckets came at important moments in the game where things were, they weren't spiraling or snowballing or anything because the Wolves always had it in control, but it could have had Conley not been a big part of kind of halting any momentum the Lakers were trying to build. Uh, another night with eight assists and only one turnover for Conley. Or I should say another night with an impressive differential in the assisted turnover categories. Uh, just it's you can't say enough about how good Conley is at his age playing 30 point 30 minutes, excuse me, on the second night of a back to back like. What more do you say about Minnesota Mike? 16 and 8, two steals, a block, only one turnover, made four threes in this game. Um, like, he's not going to make the all star team because the Wolves aren't going to have four all stars. They might not even have three. But, I mean, how valuable is Mike Conley? Like, and also juxtapose that with D'Angelo Russell in this game. I can appreciate D'Lo for what he is. Um, And I even made the point last year after the trade that like in a vacuum, you could argue that DeAndre Russell's a better player than Mike Conley. But there's no question at all that Mike Conley is a thousand times a better fit for this Minnesota Timberwolves team than DeAndre Russell ever was. Um, D'Lo in the role he's in is okay because he has the ability to kind of be a gunner and then get hot when they need him to get hot, especially a team without LeBron. D'Lo was not good for most of this game. Don't let the 17 points Yes, and 19 shots fool you in the eight assists. He was not very good in this game, and it was it was uh, juxtaposing him with Mike Conley's performance was it was fun. It was good. Um, duds for me, I, I don't know. I don't really have any. I mean, I guess you could say Nas Reed. Nas had a, uh, I keep using the word uneven. I would say that about his performance. He had three turnovers. He fouled out in 21 minutes in this game, which was kind of an issue in the fourth quarter when Cat got hurt. It didn't ultimately matter. Uh, Kyle Anderson, I should note, Slomo had a tough first half. I actually could have given him a stud because he was really good in the second half, especially after the cat injury. Nas falls out. Kyle Anderson steps up. And for as bad as the first half was and as inconsistent as Slomo has been this season, he hit a big and one late in the game. Um, he was good defensively. He did enough on the glass. He had four assists. Really, really solid close to the game for Kyle Anderson. Um, and, and you know, back to Nas. Nas struggled a bit at times in this game and, uh, you know, had some interesting choices offensively himself, shot three of nine for the field, 0 of three on two-point attempts, and had three turnovers and fouled out. So not the best Nas Reed performance, but that's all right. That's all right. If Cat doesn't play against Sacramento, the Bulls will need Nas, um, especially against a team that plays at the pace that Sacramento does. They need Nas to be speedy Nas and to get back defensively and to be active in the fast break. All that stuff is going to be really important on Saturday against Sacramento. Um, mentioned, or speaking of, Let's uh let's take a quick peek at the upcoming schedule for the Wolves. They do have Sacramento in Sacramento Saturday night. That's a ten excuse me, nine PM Central tip. Of course, the Wolves lost to Sacramento by double digits back in that in season tournament game. I think it was the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, I guess it was the week before Thanksgiving, like the Friday right before Thanksgiving. Um so they get at Sacramento Saturday. That's a tough game. Um, especially if Cat is it, you know, if his status is 
up in the air. The Wolves will not be favored to win that game in Sacramento. The Kings are good at a lot of things the Wolves aren't good at. They play fast. The Wolves would prefer not to most of the time. Um, guarding De'Aaron Fox, it's like guarding Tyrese Maxey, but uh, you know he's not as good of a shooter as Maxey, but um, every bit as speedy, actually faster. Uh, so like that, that's a, a bit... Um, Scary. The skill of Sabonis is tricky. Um, even with the Wolves, the number of bigs the Wolves have. So the Kings are are not an ideal matchup for Minnesota. That's going to be a tough game on Saturday. The Wolves get Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off. They play the Thunder in OKC on Tuesday, the twenty sixth. So uh, OKC had another impressive win um, on on Thursday night. So they're playing really well again. It's going to be important to try and build a two game lead in that season series, and then they're back home for Dallas, and once again, the Lakers, weirdly, at Target Center next Saturday. So in the next eight days, two road games, two home games, all likely playoff teams, almost certain playoff teams, with Sacramento, Oklahoma City, Dallas, and L.A. Uh, so being interesting next week here for the Wolves. Now, since this really tough stretch has started that we kind of, you know, I built up as like, hey, this is really tough, you uh, can start with the Pelicans game since Zion played, and if you include that game, they're 4-2. and two. But if you, you know, really, we were talking about it being the Dallas game where it started. Since the Dallas game, they're four and one, right? The Sixers lost being the only one. I thought they would lose either against the Lakers or the Kings. They lost to the Sixers. They won the other half of the back to back. Now it's like, hey, you know, these next four, the Wolves should be able to go three and one. You might lose against the Kings Saturday. You might lose against the Thunder next week. But as long as you split those two road games, they should win at home against Dallas and win at home against the Lakers. And uh, if that's the case, you know, going going three and one in the stretch, the Wolves will still be on top of the West, right? They've got a um, what's the lead now? I think they're two and a half games up on OKC and three full games up. Yeah, they're two and a half up on OKC, two up in the last column, four up in the last column, and three games overall up on Denver, who's in third in the Western Conference. Um, Sacramento somehow has only played twenty six games, which is weird because the Wolves have played. Oh no, the Wolves have played twenty seven. Where's my math off here? Oh, the Nuggets have played 29. That is weird. The Nuggets have played 29 games. And the Kings have only played 26. Um, so you got some weird disparity in there just in terms of number of games played. But to not fall behind 2-0 in the season series to Sacramento is going to be important because the Kings are, um, are again, a tough matchup for Minnesota. There's always a shot that those teams end up you know, in, in, in a similar place in the Western Conference when it's all said and done at the end of the season. All right, that's all we have for you today. We will have a postcast after Saturday's game in Sacramento. My next show will be, yes, Christmas Day. We'll have a show on Christmas Day, um, and we'll talk about the Sacramento game Saturday. We'll preview the upcoming week. That will post bright and early on Christmas morning, so start your Christmas Day off uh, here with Lockdown Wolves. And, of course, basketball. No Wolves basketball, but like five games during the day on Monday as well. A big thank you for those that do make Locked on Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Locked on Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Locked on T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. A reminder that Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked on, plus our national shows covering every league. I should also mention there's now a 24-7 sports Locked on Sports Minnesota channel on YouTube as well. Go to Lockdown Sports Today or Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national and local sports 24-7 streaming channel. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.